stalks the sun You feel the warmth of the rays And then you know you're alive And you don't have to be afraid Of anything Cause you know You know the truth and the truth The truth is love Yes it is Wasn't what they said to you Or anything that you learn From a book or from the news It's not like that Cause it's a thing It is something that you do Welcome to the baseline, everyone. It's 1.03 p.m. in New York City, and I am so excited for today's program. We have another incredible guest. Dr. Henry Ely is a powerhouse in the medical freedom movement. I first became aware of Dr. Ely when I saw his inspiring speech at the West Coast Defeat the Mandates rally. Since then, I've seen him in several interviews, and he always brings an incredible spirit and optimism along with his vast experience and knowledge. He is the founder of the Energetic Health Institute. We're going to talk about the work that he does there, and he's also involved in an important legal initiative we need to know about. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into our conversation with the incredible Dr. Ely. Dr. Ely, welcome to The Baseline. How are you today, brother? I'm doing good, brother. So good to hear your voice. Happy New Year, and thank you for such an awesome introduction. I appreciate that. Oh, man, I appreciate you being here so much. And uh, I have to tell everybody, I know you can't see me because I'm on radio. This is not a, a recorded program in terms of video yet but I'm wearing my shades because Dr. Ely is so cool. I was like, oh, let me grab those shades before I go into the studio to talk to my man, Dr. Ely. Dr. Ely, I don't know what it is, brother, but I feel a kinship towards you. Um, And, um, you know, one thing I noticed about Dr. Ely where I feel like a similar kind of person to him is that I noticed Dr. Ely is a peace and love brother. He's He's spreading the message of love everywhere he goes, but he don't take no mess. Um, right. He, <laughs> don't give none, don't take none. You he, know that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dr. Ely is, uh, you know, he's a very courageous man. He's a very intelligent man. Um, he's a very inspiring individual. And I want to ask you, Dr. Ely, I know you're trained in naturopathic medicine, but what is your background and philosophy as a doctor? And tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Energetic Health Institute. Well, you know, that's a really good question. Thanks. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, uh, we, we have to get back to our fundamentals of, of philosophy. Uh, the philosophy of natural medicine is, is Hippocratic uh, in terms of lineage uh, for the most part. And the first tenet of the uh, Hippocratic um, uh, philosophy is to do no harm. You know, I think if that, that's the number one tenet of all real medicine is to do no harm. And what we've seen really be introduced over the COVID um, uh, crisis, the manufactured COVID crisis, is that you bring, they've brought in a wartime mentality of, uh, and the mentality of war is uh, acceptable casualties. You know, that there are people that it's okay for a certain number to die. We had expected that, blah, 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 damage, blah. as it's called. Right? right, exactly. You know, so for me, it starts with doing no harm. And if we're doing harm, we have to significantly stop 
and take a really good look at well, why is harm happening? Is this our error or the person that we're trying to help? Sarah, you know, we have to figure out where the harm is coming from. Um, and what that does for us, and, and when we get into energetic health as a philosophy and, and as a uh, an educational system, which is really it is, it's a way of teaching people how to understand the human body, understand how we're designed, understand how God's divine medicine works with it. Um, energetic health starts with a very simple premise. Um, if you are producing energy, you have a great chance of healing. If you are not, then you don't. So the first consideration really becomes the production of energy at the cellular level, and that's where we get into talking about mitochondria and all the myriad of things that we can do to facilitate mitochondria producing energy, because when we produce energy, something phenomenal happens at the cell level. When energy production increases at the cell level, mitochondria are actually making hydrogen peroxide at the same time. So it cleanses the cell. The manufacture of energy actually promotes an immunity within the cell to clean out the debris and the things that shouldn't be there. And with that energy is created, the energy then is used to help facilitate the production of enzymes at the cell level, which helps to amplify and accelerate um, biochemical events. You know, one of the things that blows me away, Jeremiah, when you study the human body, because there's so much to learn. I mean, I'm... I'm continually learning. I've been at this 25 years and I'm still in love with the learning process of what goes on in the human body, this divine design that we're gifted um, at birth. You know, um, what's so phenomenal is the average adult is going to have somewhere about 37, I think it said 37.2 trillion cells. And each one of those cells does something very, very interesting. If you were to blink your eye, your cells are going to produce energy, go through 23, 24 biochemical um, enzyme-dependent steps to produce energy. So if you blink your eye, your cells just made energy 1,000 times faster than you can blink your eye. And if we start to do some basic math, what that's telling us is virtually every split second of our existence in this body, we are exploring, experiencing, dependent upon over 900,000 trillion things going right in the body every day. So when people wake up and they're like, oh, this day sucks, and you know, I, I have been diagnosed with this disease, or I have this going on with my family and everything, and they're lamenting their existence, I have to grab them and say, hey, stop for a second, brother. It was a gift to wake up. Do you know how many things had to go right for you to even wake up today? Over 900,000 trillion things had to go right in sequence, in harmony, according to God's divine design, every split second, from the time you closed your eyes to the time you opened up again, just for you to wake up today. Every day we wake up is a gift. Wow. Well, yeah, that's brilliant. And I'm very interested in what you guys are doing at this institute, because that sounds right on from mm -hmm. my point of view. And um, let me ask you now, let's get into what we talk about on a regular basis here, uh, mm -hmm. the pandemic, the scandemic, mm -hmm. um, the biosecurity state, 
Um, what was your point of entry into the COVID saga? Were you one of those 99th percentile people who smelled a rat right away? Or did it take you a moment to realize that something foul was afoot? Uh, well, you know, I had the great um, fortune of uh, when I was 13 years old being injured by the MMR uh, vaccine and almost dying. I went into acute renal failure oh my and lost 25 pounds and um, the hospitals wouldn't even admit me. My father was carrying me in to get them to admit me. He's like, something's wrong with my son. And they wouldn't even take me. They said, you just need to take him home. He's probably going to die. Whoa. Um, and so that was a big wake up call for my family. That was a big wake up call for my mom, you know, who was very staunchly, whatever the white coat says do until that moment. Right. And uh, after that, she was like, we're done with these. We're done with these vaccines. And that was without even knowing what was in the damn shots. So um, early on from personal experience, I knew that, you know, I, I wanted nothing to do with the cult of Asclepius. You know, that's the thing most people don't get about these white coats. Whenever you see that stick with the snake climbing up it, that's a symbol for the cult of Asclepius. And the World Health Organization even admits this. You know, I mean, you, they're not—they're not bashful about it. Tell us that understand. name again. I'm sorry, the cult of Asclepius. The As cult of Asclepius. Okay, we got to look yeah. that up, everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, what you have to understand fundamentally about white coat, mainstream, allopathic, conventional, whatever descriptor you want to give it, medicine is—you have to understand that they are a cult. They are a self-admitted cult, and when you let that sink in it helps you understand the religiosity of what they do. You know, vaccines are safe and effective, not because there's any evidence to support that, but because we said so. So what you're asking me to do is take a science or what's supposed to be science on faith, and I don't do that. So I'm going to ask questions. You start asking questions, you start getting to some real truth. You start getting into the vaccine media and excipient summary which is a great entry point for everybody who wants to know what's actually in these damn shots. And then when you see what's in the damn shots, there's no way that they can confer immunity because that's just not how God's divine design works. These are all chemicals and pollutions. I keep trying to get uh, Jeremiah into people's heads. Medicines don't have side effects. If something has a side effect, that's because it's a poison. And you have to have that fundamental understanding there. So, or like uh, Dr. Um, Majid Ali used to say, mm -hmm. I, I'd listen to his program, I think it's called Science, Health, and Healing on WBAI, mm -hmm. where I gained my community radio training and roots. Um, mm -hmm. Dr. Majid Ali said, those aren't side effects. Those are the effects of These what you the, have taken. The effects, right. And he's spot on because in, in the, around the, the turn of the century in the 1900s, um, and you can go to Tabor's medical dictionary to confirm this. They gave the definition for allopathic conventional white cult of Asclepius medicine. They gave the definition as the attempt to cure by replacing one morbid condition for another morbid condition. Mm. So they're just swapping one thing. Now, morbid condition did not sell. And people were like, why would I go to those quacks? Those, they were the original quacks. Right. They used a substance called quacksalber, which is otherwise known as mercury. So the public, everybody in the world called them quacks. What they figure out is, okay, well, well, they think we're quacks. We're using mercury and don't know what we're doing with it. And we are, you know, we are, we're just, 
we're killing people. <laughs> That's what they're doing. So the public was really smart and was like, no, we're not going to those quacks. We're not going to do this. Well, turn of the century, they figured out the AMA and the powers that be that funded the AMA and their rise, the Rockefellers, the Carnegie's, the J.P. Morgan's, who said, we want to create medicine, quote unquote, to keep people sick so that we can profit off of them from cradle to the grave. This was the whole plan of J.P. Morgan and that whole crew, right? And they did it, they executed it very well. We can't sell morbid conditions to the people. People won't take it. So they came up with a different term. The different term that they came up with was side effects. And what they convinced the world was true, which is really a lie over the course of several generations, is that all medicines have side effects. Even God's medicine has side effects. No, it doesn't. When it's used properly, no, it does not. All right? That's just, that's a lie. So... What they came up with were, you know, they're, they're brilliant at marketing. They're brilliant at telling lies. And if you believe a liar, then shame on you. You deserve whatever comes your way. Once somebody lies to me one time, that's all you get. They lied to my mother. It almost killed me. That's all you get. So we're, we, you know, I'm on the path to becoming a natural doctor, you know, and I was, Started out as a body worker, got, uh, became a yoga teacher, and uh, started learning how to do cleansing with some mentors of mine. And uh, ultimately, that progressed into a, becoming a doctor of naturopathic medicine. Well, I had the good fortune uh, in the early 2000s of having a, a son. And most parents, most people, most people aren't faced with the question of vaccines until you have kids. Now that's changed a little bit. Now it's becoming a, a problem of all ages. But I started getting into it and I asked a very important question. And this is where you get into understanding what's going on. I asked the question of how many people who've gotten the hep B vaccine still develop hep B anyway. And the CDC has that information, but wasn't publishing it. So that makes me very suspicious right off the bat. And I said, okay, well, let's move over to the flu vaccine. How many people got the damn flu shot, got the flu anyway? And on an annual basis, it's roughly about 80% failure rates. 80% of people who got the damn shot got the damn uh, illness anyway. So it's mm. like, well, why would you even consider putting those poisons with thimerosal? Again, mercury, that's their, that's their go-to. Why would you put that in your body? So we've been watching this for a lot of years, you know, because of course I'm not going to vaccinate my son. Of course, you know, I'm not going to do any of that nonsense, you know, and my son is uh, now 18. He's about, he's in college right now. He's about to, he's been healthy his entire life. has never been hospitalized. You see what I'm saying? Like you just keep the pollution away from the kids and they do just fine. Yeah. Well, um, we knew that something was coming. You know, we had, I had a bunch of friends who were talking about Agenda 21 in the early 2000s and things like that. We knew something was coming. We didn't know what was coming. Right. We saw that they had changed the definition for what constituted a pandemic. We saw that they had changed it from a specific fatality rate of 3% to this amorphous, well, we can say whatever it, we can declare Based a pandemic. Contagiousness, we want. not lethality. Right. You got it. And then you see Bill Gates coming on the scene and becoming more and more prominent. It's like, dude, you don't have a degree in anything, but you're definitely not a doctor. Why are you administering vaccines right. all over the world? Insane. That's actually medical so malpractice. So you should disturbing. be arrested for that. You know, 
so you start seeing these things, you see the landscape changing. And, uh, I remember where I was, I was just coming off of, uh, it was March, uh, it was March, uh, 12th, no, March 11th of 2020. I was just coming back from doing some snowshoeing with my puppies. And, uh, you know, I got in and a couple of my students had hit me up and said, Hey, Dr. H, you better look at this. And so I started looking at it, you know, the, the stuff that the whispers that were coming out of China were now like a legit thing. So I, you know, I went and did some research that night and, uh, I called some of my colleagues and I was like, they just pushed the go button. We gotta, we gotta be in. So I've been in from day one because we knew this was coming. Right. Uh, this is a definitive plan and our job was to inform people. We, I think across the board, the health freedom movement did an excellent job of that in 2020 and into 2021. Then we start seeing, you know, selfishness and greed and fractures and things like that. Yeah, sadly. Um, you know, which is, it's human nature. So, you know, you got to get in where you fit in. Yeah. Um, but ultimately what we've done, which I think we can all be very proud of, you know, is we all played a role in helping to inform people. Now, whether at this point, if you don't know what's going on, that's on you yeah. because there's no shortage of information. But I think we with incredible obstacles, you know, to freedom of speech, incredible bouts of censorship, you know, Energetic Health Institute was the only school to be deplatformed from YouTube um, uh, during the whole uh, fiasco. Um, you know, we did an excellent job of informing the public. And now what I think we are entering into, which a lot of people don't know what to do, is we're entering into the era of solutions. And now what we have to do is be about the business of creating this. It's not a parallel society. I don't want to say that it's just to doing things the right way. Right. And that's going to have to include in a big way education. So that's what I saw was going to be the major need uh, for this. And that's why we, um, I've been teaching for 25 years. I've been practicing for 25 years. I've been, uh, this uh, Energetic Health Institute was founded in 2013 because we knew something was coming, and I'm so glad we did it because we were able to withstand, I think, the greatest assault on freedom that we've had in our lifetimes. Yeah, by far. Unbelievable what we've experienced. Um, and, you know, I used the analogy recently uh, because I was hearing frustration from vaccine-injured individuals, and I don't fault mm -hmm. them at all for, for their frustration. They feel that they're not getting help. Uh, mm -hmm. They feel like people are even profiting off of their name, but mm -hmm. not necessarily providing the help that they need. And I understand the frustration. I myself, for example, am not vaccine-injured, but I want to protect mm -hmm. my own life, and I want to protect the lives of my children and my family. Mm -hmm. So... The analogy that I use is it's sort of like a car accident where some people are really there at the impact point. The vaccine mm -hmm. injured, the nurses who were forced to take this garbage to keep their jobs, and then they have mm -hmm. debilitating injuries. Uh, they were like the people who were thrown through the windshield. Other people yeah. might have been on the sidewalk. They weren't actually even part of the impact, but they're emotionally traumatized. Right? right. We're, we're all at a different place relative to the point of impact, but this has injured people from physical injury of all kinds to people uh, being economically insolvent mm -hmm. to people 
just succumbing to despair. A lot of people were pushed past the point of poverty. And at this point, I'm, I'm referring to the global reality, not mm -hmm. just in the United States. People, in the word, words of uh, Michelle Chusadovsky, people were pushed past the point of poverty into outright despair. Right. I, I think that's a, a beautiful analogy and a great way to look at at this really, the, the real tragedy of all this. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been working with people severely injured by these damn shots, um, and I will proudly refer to them as these damn shots because yeah. um, uh, they need to be damned back to hell uh, where they came from. Um, I've been working with them for uh, since uh, really early 2021, you know, um, and the challenges that they face are monumental, you know, challenges that we've never seen before in the exploration and use of, of God's medicine. We've never seen anything like this. We've held, we've been able to um, help fully reverse um, injuries in mild and moderate cases, and we have documentation on that. So anybody who says, oh, you don't, you're full of it, I'm going to tell them to kiss my ass. Right. All right, I know what we do. Right. Um, it's the severe injuries that are the real challenge yeah. uh, to this because they have a phenomenon going on that we've termed the Rowland effect, and that's after named after Adam Rowland in the UK, a uh, dear friend and just somebody that inspires me every day to learn more about how we can help everyone. Um, we noticed early on working with uh, people who are severely injured that um, that there's a lot of a lot of setup work that has to be done. You know, most of the people who are severely injured uh, were um, not starting from a place of excellent health, but they weren't in a place of bad health, which is very interesting. Yeah. You know, um, you would think that the people who were in a really poor state of health would be more impacted, but then it comes down to the lots and whether or not they got the Johnson and Johnson or the AstraZeneca, which were worse than the mRNA um, from Pfizer and Moderna. Um, we get the incredible work of quietly pulled from the market. I point out, I always point that out because they didn't make a big announcement, right? Did Fauci go on network television and say, Hey, you know what? We said you have to take a vaccine and we offered you three and now we're pulling one of them. They never made that right. announcement. They just what went was, quietly into what was the interesting. Night. Yeah. Yeah. What was interesting about that was they weren't pulled from the market. Hmm. Um, the, so the Pfizer and the Moderna are a um, mRNA platform right. uh, using Johnson, N1 methylated right? <laughs> right? Um, and so those are going to be able to be reverse transcribed and embed into the DNA of the host or the DNA of the host's microbiome. And this is what I've been really pointing out to people mm. is that the target for the genetic infection of these of these platforms really isn't the human cell. The human cell has so many layers you have to get through to actually get something done. That's why the 5G comes in because it creates little nanoparitions. It makes pokes little holes in the cell and it allows for the mRNA to get in easier. It allows for any of the plasmid um, uh, contamination. I, I, I don't like using that. I think it's intentional. I don't think it's just an unintentional whoopsie. It's, I think it's intentionally in there. 
Um, it allows for to promote the genetic infection. And, and when you look at the Lund University study that shows the reverse transcription capability of mRNA, you know, they tell you, oh, it can't reverse transcribe. And it's like the first study that's ever done on it shows that it definitively does. And it does it within six hours. So they're lying to you. Um, you know, when you look at that platform, that platform we have seen really have a, a destructive effect upon the microbiome, both platforms we have. Yeah. But the one that's been worse, in my opinion, has been the AstraZeneca and the um, Johnson and Johnson. And AstraZeneca is a viral vector as yeah. well. Yeah, they're adeno exactly. They're adeno viral vector platforms, meaning there's an adenovirus um, that carries um, the uh, plasmid into the environment, into the environment that it's injected into. So it's like a, it's a, it's a multifaceted bioweapon delivery system. It's really horrific. We discussed, we, we discussed this a lot at Healing for the Ages, the conference uh, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Ed Group, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and myself put on last September. And we're putting another one on in September of this year, um, September 12th, 13th, and 14th. So I would encourage your audience to get connected with what we're doing at healingfortheages.com and, uh, and, and really... Get it. So if you really want to understand what's going on and the depth of this, you know, and we can back it all up with our research that we've accumulated thousands of papers we've read over the last couple of years. It's ridiculous how much we've read and it's ridiculous how much they brag about what they do with these bioweapons. Right. Well, um, the adenoviral vector platform, Johnson and Johnson specifically, there was something interesting that happened last summer, late last summer. I think it was August. Johnson & Johnson requested of the FDA to have their EUA, their emergency use authorization, pulled. Hmm. No company has ever done that. And, and with a market like this, why would you do that? Hmm. Fascinating. When you get into the history of the adenoviral vector platform, you have to go into the research of a Walter Dorfler, who from our perspective appears to be the father of this technology. Dorfler who interestingly enough, last known location, we can't find him now, but last known location was in Nuremberg. <laughs> of all places. <laughs> of all places, right? I actually performed he, in Nuremberg. I'm going to go jam tonight with uh, an old drummer friend of mine. And uh, we, had a, we had a gig that I'm flashing back to at a nice underground club in Nuremberg, I think called The Underground, playing with the great James Blood Ulmer. But please, go on. Amen, amen. Well, um, Walter Dorfler um, publishes his first article on adenoviral vectors in 1968. All right. Uh, so any notion that these are novel or new technologies is just complete bullshit. Right. These have been in development for decades. All right. Walter Dorfler then published, he publishes a series of things over the decades, you know, and everything. But in 2021, he publishes a scathing um, peer-reviewed paper on the adenoviral vector platform and why it should not be used. Mm. Now, this is the person who developed it and is saying it should not be used and especially not used in a situation such as this. Um, he publishes that and then... You know, and I reached out to him a couple times after I read that that paper. It was like, wow, thank you for saying this. You know, um, can't find him. 
you know, and if he's alive, he isn't responding to me, which is a little shocking because, you know, most people in the research community will um, respond to each other. It's pretty, you know, it, you know, it's, we don't have to all agree on everything, but there's a certain level of cordiality that's in there. So I don't know if he's even still alive, to be honest with you. But, yeah. but the thing that we've seen working with the people who are severely injured is the people who are most severely injured endured the uh, denoviral vector platform. And when you understand what plasmids are and you understand the work of Kevin McKernan, and I guess now I could say some of my work on, uh, the pl- on plasmids and understanding their integration points, and you start getting into CRISPR technology, you understand the integration of CRISPR technology. What you come to understand in, in, when you put together a timeline of this development of this, of this uh, technology is that um, of this military technology, of this weapon that they've unleashed, what you come to understand is that they didn't have the ability to scale this for mass production until 2015. And that's where you uh, get into the work, I think, of Feng Zhang. Um, and uh, there was another woman, I forget her name, but she and Feng Zhang are credited pretty much with the development of CRISPR technology to be able to create scalability in terms of production. And that's when you... you you probably remember this, Jeremiah. Do you remember the the video that was going around with Fauci predicting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've referred to this on the show for the past two weeks. So this is the third week in a row, and I'll just make the same point to you. <clears throat> excuse me, that I made on the previous two broadcasts, which when Fauci made that statement, and mm-hmm. there will be a surprise outbreak. He said mm-hmm. with a chilling voice in Georgetown University right before Trump took office, I believe. It was like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I need to get the exact date of it because I I wasn't sure last week, but I think it was in that little window after Trump won the election but hadn't taken the oath of office. Uh, Fauci was giving the speech at Georgetown University, and sorry to be redundant to the listeners who have been tuning in religiously, but Dr. Ely, my point is about those comments by Fauci is, again, pointing to the phraseology of exactly what he said. He didn't say, exactly. and we, we should be prepared at all times for a surprise right. outbreak that could happen at any time. That would have been a different statement. He said, and there will be a surprise right. outbreak in this chilling right. way, at which point someone should have asked him, well, what do you mean by surprise, buddy? What do mm-hmm. you know? Because it doesn't sound like a surprise to you, but I don't think anyone ever asked that. Right. And, and this is the same thing you hear in Bill Gates interviews and things like that, where he's like, well, they, this one didn't really get everybody's attention. What a knowledgeable stock trader Bill Gates is, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I've just been fortunately lucky. Yeah. It's called insider trading, buddy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, when you look at that, that video, and I think you are right, I think it was right after the election uh, in late 2016. All right. And then, and then, President Trump gets sworn in in January 20, uh, 2017. Um, so Fauci makes that statement. What I constantly point people back to with Fauci making that statement is he was able to make that statement because they had the CRISPR breakthrough they needed in 2015. Wow. They knew that they had scalability now. They didn't have that before. Mm. And that was the different thing. So they know that they're, going, they're, they're starting to prepare for this, they're scaling up, right? The int- initial intent was obviously was to get Hillary Clinton installed, you know, and then have it 
unleash, you know, during that, that time. Um, and I may be wrong. Hold on. I think I'm wrong with the years. Let me get my years right together here. So Trump is 2020. Yes. No, that, I think it was 2016. I think it was 2016. But anyway, doesn't, you know, you can go, people can go back and get to the exact date. The, the, the fact of the matter is you had someone predicting someone who has by his own braggadocio, um, admitted to serving seven presidents. God, if we ever needed term limits, right, I mean, for seriously. elected and appointed officials, we need term limits. You can be here for two terms, tops. That's it. You got to go. Right. Um, it's some and what has he, what like he done, frankly, in his position, but push pharmacology on the public? I mean, well, did he ever yeah, do anything a, to just... He's the father sit. of HIV. Yeah. You know, then what was... This is what a lot of people don't get. What was HIV? HIV was proof of concept of reverse transcription. That's what it was. They wanted to know that they could put something into the body and it could it could co-op cellular function and reverse transcribe. There's no mention of AIDS or anything resembling AIDS in the Bible, but there's mentions of herpes, right? right? I mean, we there, this was a completely new thing nobody had seen. And what did they blame it on? Some brother in Africa having sex with a monkey. Get out of here. Right. Back Are you kidding me? Zoological works. explanation, right? right? Bats and right. monkeys it's, and pangolins and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you've you've lost your mind, and and that's but that just goes to show how stupid people can be. Like you never stopped for a second and thought this this thing that is now affecting the entire world came out of a wet market in China. Are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Right, eating. But everybody's like, yeah, it sounded plausible at the time because I was scared and I don't know anything. Like the guy didn't notice that his soup wasn't hot enough. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Come on. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's astounding to me how much information is readily available to us on this topic of COVID and how little people have read. Well, can I ask you a question as a matter of fact, on, on a really practical side in terms of what this COVID thing is, right? There are people who, you know, they're, uh, what do they call it? Terrain theory people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into Mm -hmm. that whole debate right here, but there are people questioning the validity of the virus, um, as a, as an entity in the world. And, um, you know, first of all, I'll say, you know, I have, uh, respect for every living creature, every human soul, anyone who lost their life or was sick or suffered in any way, I don't make light of that. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to be Mm -hmm. careful just saying, oh, this is fake and that's a hoax. Well, the people getting sick and people not feeling well, that's not a hoax. We know some people died. But in terms of the asymptomatic label, and let me use my own family as an example, which is um, at a certain point, um, I got a little bit sick. I wasn't like feeling weak or feverish or anything, but I had a little stomach mm-hmm. thing happening mm-hmm. early in the week. And as like dominoes, everybody in the household started to get a little bit under the weather in a different form or, or fashion. My mother-in-law was pretty sick for a few days. My kids both got sick. My daughter, who was, I think, just two at the time, she just bounced back like it was nothing. She was like sick for Mm -hmm. a day and then she was fine. Last of all, I think my wife got sick. She was like kind of down and out for like four or five days. She was pretty sick. Um, They got COVID tests and my wife said, oh, you need to get a COVID test. I didn't want to, but I got tested. They all tested positive and I tested negative, even though as far as I knew, I was the first one in the household to get sick. So that was kind of weird. It's like, did I can, 
transmit COVID to my family without ever having COVID. But aside from all of that, if it wasn't for all this COVID stuff, we would have just said, well, we just got a little sick and everybody's fine now. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't have been a Mm -hmm. need to try to find an exotic explanation for what you would call our sickness. It's just called, you know, indigestion, under the weather, you know. Um, Like I said, Mm -hmm. I think maybe everyone got a fever except for me. I don't know. But the point is, um, you know, the fact of calling it COVID, which is also supposed to be SARS-CoV-2, Mm-hmm. severe acute respiratory syndrome. Well, in our case, my family tested positive, except for me, but no one was coughing. No one was congested. We didn't have acute respiratory syndrome. So what's the deal mm-hmm. with, you know, you test positive and any type of sickness you have, we're just going to go ahead and call it COVID. You could have a COVID sprained ankle nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like what's mm-hmm. the deal with, you know, so I'm not saying there's not COVID, but what's the deal with just calling everything under the sun COVID when someone doesn't feel well? Somebody gets hit by a bus, dies. They die of COVID. Yeah. How is that possible? Right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, what what happens is very, very, um, is very, very simple. They lied. <laughs> Good old they lied and, line. And, and people didn't ask questions. Right. You know, so, I mean, this is, this is where you have to start looking at the tenets of Luciferianism. Right. Oh, wait, where are you going? Luciferianism. Luciferians believe they have the right to have dominion. That's, a, that's their word. It's not an a, a accident that the voting machines are called dominion. Okay, you say dominion. I refer everyone back to the baseline episode. I'm forgetting which number it is offhand, but um, our discussion with Stephen Newcomb and the language of domination but sorry go ahead doctor yeah 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 definitely i mean whenever you hear the word dominion or domination you're you're into the tenets of luciferianism and luciferianism is very simple luciferians cannot take forceful control because luciferians are after your soul Mm. so you have to willingly surrender that you have to give them permission to have dominion over you and how do you give them permission to have dominion they tell you the truth they tell you what's going on but you still go along with it anyway. That's what happened with these damn shots. Yeah. You know, they, they told you point blank. They lied a lot too, but if you went and did your reading and you went and did your homework, you saw point blank, these were not going to be, these are going to be disasters. I remember in 2020 screaming about the theory that they were proposing. They were proposing hijacking normal, normal cellular function. You, you can't co-opt cellular function. You can't, you can't steal normal cellular function for your evil purposes and produce a protein. You could have produced any series of proteins associated with the SARS-CoV-2 virus you wanted. Why did you choose the spike protein, the spike glycoprotein? Because that's the bioweapon. So now they have the cells manufacturing a bioweapon called a spike glycoprotein, but that was inspired by the study of venoms. And the research on that is very clear. Go look at the work of Carlo Brogna out of Italy and his team. They, they would, they've done phenomenal work on showing, you know, the, the, the connection between the spike glycoprotein and, uh, and, and venoms. And then, you know, Dr. Artis, of course, brilliant yeah. work connecting these dots. And, of course, vilified. Yeah. For, for vilified for telling the truth? Is that what we're doing? That sounds a lot like Nazi Germany to me. Yeah. When we're going to vilify people for well, telling the truth. Well, that's something I, I, I've noticed. 
throughout this COVID battle in the in the fake discourse, and I say fake discourse because the other side isn't interested in the nope. alternative perspective. They're in, interested in character assassination, um, mm -hmm. censorship, and just first of all, mudslinging. And that's mm -hmm. one thing you notice is a lot of folks with credentials such as yourself are making really great points, outstanding presentations, raising issues of concern, and it's not getting addressed. It's just mudslinging in return. Just, mm -hmm. you know, the, we don't answer what you put on the table. Technically, we just get right to the mudslinging, the name calling. Don't listen to this guy. Don't talk to him. Don't let him speak if, if possible. Right. Well, you know why they do that. Sure. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth is going to tear apart their little house of cards. They do it because they're cowards, sellouts, and they got nothing. Yeah. They got nothing. You know, when I had that little dust up with oh, you don't 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 say his name. Idiots. Don't say his name. We don't promote those guys here. Yeah, yeah. Characters. When I when I have <laughs> when I have dust ups with idiot pro vaxxers, you know, that's all they got. They can't they can't debate you on the ingredients. They can't debate you on VARES. They can't debate you on V safe. They can't debate you on forty two USC three hundred double A dash eleven and dash twenty two that give these damn pharmaceutical manufacturers. Uh, you know, immunity from civil litigation. They can't debate you on the surveillance reporting to show how many times the, the damn shots fail to protect. They can't talk to you about immunology. They can't talk to you about isotype switching. They can't talk to you about the fraud in the numbers or how the data was constructed to make it look like there was a pandemic when there wasn't one. Right. They can't, they can't talk to you intelligently about cycle threshold of PCR. You mentioned asymptomatic trans, uh, uh, transmission. They, there is zero proof of asymptomatic transition. The Chinese did a study with 9.8 million people in the study, and it was one of the most well-constructed studies during the, uh, during the COVID uh, fiasco. It, it looked at antibodies. It looked at um, uh, PCR testing, it, and it started drawing correlations. Attempt, and what they were looking for, the Chinese were very open. We're looking for asymptomatic transmission. Can a person exhibit no symptoms and still transmit this virus? 9.8 million people tested. Peer-reviewed, published in nature.com. 9.8 million tested. They found exactly zero instances of asymptomatic transmission. Why? Because asymptomatic transmission is a bullshit propaganda thing that was made up by Fauci and friends. It, it flies in the face of everything we know about immunology. Just because you get exposed to a virus doesn't mean that you are going to develop an infection. There is a difference between exposure and infection. Infection means the virus actually got into your cells because your immune system was asleep at the switch or in most cases, undernourished. And when you have a immune system that is undernourished and you have an exposure to a SARS-CoV-2 virus that was a bioweapon developed in a lab across two countries, a, co a collusion between the United States, a treasonous collusion between the United States and China, when you have those things going on, you know, you are gonna develop symptoms. Symptoms are the sign of the infection. You cannot transmit to someone what you do not have. Right. And so when you look at that whole thing, you know, what were they trying to do? And they were trying the to justify. the basis of the masking and the social distancing and really the lockdown. And all that, that, that's what they were, they were trying to freak. You, you, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're going to kill grandma. 
go, go, you know, go beep yourself. You know, I mean, that is not how God's divine design works. That's not how the human body and health works. And for someone to have the audacity to call himself a doctor and make statements like that, meanwhile vilifying people like me for teaching the truth of, hey, this is how your body works. Not about, it's not just about exposure. You have to be susceptible to that exposure as well in order to get sick. You, you, you can come in contact. You know how many people I was around that were sick with actual symptoms that were sick, and I never got SARS-CoV-2. I never, I never got COVID. I tested for antibodies. I never had them. Why didn't I get COVID? Because I kept my immune system well-nourished with vitamin D, and vi- which had, it had, had the strongest correlation of all the nutrients. You know, people with a 50 nanograms per deciliter of vitamin D in their bloodstream had a 99.9% recovery rate across all demographics, all ages, all latitudes, all sexes, all, you know, ethnicities. It didn't matter. The number one thing that we needed to be doing, and I was banging the drum on this in 2020, was getting people's vitamin D levels up. And then you augment that with vitamin C. You augment that with vitamin A. You augment that with quercetin and zinc. You augment that with elderberry or fresh pressed garlic, you know, you augment these things, but ultimately what you're doing is nourishing your immune system so that your internal environment becomes completely inhospitable to any exposure you might encounter. And if you get exposed, it's going to be that microorganism's worst nightmare. Now, if we're going to have an honest conversation, because I can hear the, the terrain folks going, because I'm a, I'm a, I, I like terrain theory, but I'm not going to sit here and say that viruses don't exist. Right. <laughs> what I am going to say is that the real question isn't whether viruses exist or not, because somebody could make a really compelling argument, actually, that, that it's just, you know, protein sequences, just amino acid sequences that are off, it, it, and, and can make an incredibly well, well-argued thing on that. The real question isn't whether viruses exist or not. The real question is, are they alive? And by definition, viruses aren't alive. They do not have mitochondria. So since a virus doesn't have a mitochondria, you could say it's not alive in there. It's just fabricated protein structures from cells or whatever have you. And if you come in contact with some aberrant DNA from another source, it could be problematic for you. You can mount an immune response. Okay, all that makes sense. You know, all that, all that, that's a, that's a good argument. But what it came down to for us, Jeremiah, was that you could see from day one, if you had been paying attention, you could see from day one that they had pushed a go button on something far worse. They had pushed the go button on globalization. And you heard Obama talking about it for years, you know, global this, global market, blah, 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 blah. And you start going, well, are we Americans? Aren't we the ones that lead the world, why are we concerned about this? We're, well, because there's this little funky two amendments in the Constitution that the globalists don't like. The First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Right. The First Amendment of you saying what's on your mind and the Second Amendment of having a gun to back it up. <laughs> you know? Exactly. They don't like those two things because those two things don't allow them, prevent them from taking total control over the entire world. Right.
right? So unfortunately, we only have, we have less than 10 minutes left here. I was hoping possibly we were going to... Yeah, bring me back for the other stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, yeah, absolutely. Again. I can't wait to get you back. I was hoping we'd have time for a phone call. Um, but uh, if somebody yeah, wants to... If yeah, somebody wants if to call want. in quickly, we don't have a lot of time. If someone wants to join us, 888-874-4888. If you want to organize your thoughts quickly and, and ask Dr. Ely a question. But in the meantime, can you fill us in about your legal initiative? Um, I know you've right. been... Uh, and uh, there's a few of us doing. So I lead a team of incredible investigators and attorneys and uh, it's, and along with uh, Senator Dennis Lindt, becomes Senator Kim Thatcher, our attorney Steve Jonkis, uh, great researchers Keith Wilkins, Albert Benavides, John Bodwin, um, great grand jury experts, um, you know, Kelly Mordecai, Judge Paul Nally, uh, great folks like Brian O'Shea who tell us what's going on. And we've started forming some alliances with uh, uh, Mike Sarzano down in Florida, who was the lead uh, impetus for initiating a grand jury in Florida to investigate COVID. So we have, he's the furthest along of anybody in the country on this, but we filed a federal case in, um, 2022 in, uh, March of 2022, alleging, uh, fraud COVID data specifically with death certificates and case counts. And we can show everyone how the powers that be have thefted, $4.5 trillion of U.S. taxpayer money at the very least. Based upon data that was fraudulent from day one, we can show exactly how the, the fraud was constructed. We can show the impact of the fraud, um, especially with John Bowden's great work on death certificate analysis. He's got over a million death certificates that he's analyzed in his possession. And what, what we did was we're pushing the federal government to launch a federal grand jury um, uh, investigation into our findings. Uh, we've been very well supported with, uh, by Stand for Health Freedom, uh, Leah Wilson and Sayer G, uh, start, uh, supported us from day one on this initiative. And we're going to be moving on January 23rd into phase two, which is going to be putting, um, grand jury positions into the hands of Americans all around the country so they can file them locally at the county level as well. Outstanding. Um, so we would encourage everybody, Jeremiah, to go to um, go to beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com, and check us out and come on and join us. We need we need all the support we can get on this. We're in this together. Um, this is the line in the sand that we got to make sure these uh, globalists can never cross. Um, and we're going to get them. That's excellent. So <clears throat> we do have a call on the line. We have a, an outstanding caller. We have N Noel from Brooklyn. Um, welcome. Hi, to Jeremiah. Thank you for the thank you for the compliment. What is uh, what is the name of his organization? Beyondthecause.com. Is that correct? For the grand jury work that we're doing, um, it's going to go beyond the con. C O N. Dot com. Oh, con. Con, dot com. Right, convid. Right, correct. Correct. Oh, okay. I so, thought it was cause. Okay. Uh, quickly, yeah. uh, I have a brother who has a PSA level of 43. He took, mm -hmm. he was begging me to take the shots, and, and I heard one of the side effects was the prostate in men. Is mm -hmm. that true? Yep. False? 
We have seen that, yes, prostate enlargement, especially if there was unknown growth in the prostate to begin with. One of the things that we've seen, especially with, the, uh, with all three of the shots that were offered at the time, is that they are going to cause your body to produce a substance called pseudouridine. Pseudouridine is a sign that your body is going into uh, protein synthesis errors, meaning that when your body needs to make proteins, it has to put amino acids together in a specific sequence. So your body will make mRNA in the nucleus. The mRNA will leave the nucleus, go out into the cell, and be read by another organelle called ribosomes. Ribosomes start to read the instructions, which that's what mRNA is. Its instructions start to read the instruction code and say, okay, you want a lysine and then an alanine and then a, and then a phenalanine. It'll, it, there's a specific sequence that things have to go into. And the reason for that specific sequence is because sequence of the protein, sequence of the amino acids in the protein determines the shape of the protein. If there's a lot of protein synthesis errors, meaning that the proteins are out of sequence and out of and maybe too long or too short, what that starts to inspire is an inflammatory response in the body because the body realizes we can't live like this. We have to clear those out. They won't work. When that mm -hmm. happens over a long period of time, that's where you get the impetus of tumor growth, whether it's benign or malignant. That's where you get the impetus of tumor growth, so in this case, an increase in benign prostatic hyperplasia or um, BPH. Hey, Dr. Ely, could you leave a number or something? Because I would like to work with you. Uh, you're the kind of person I need to work with. Sure. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. Um, we have a number of classes coming online. We have a class coming online in uh, February called The Art of Cellular Healing which I would encourage you to get involved in, and that's how people can work with me directly. I have told people I do not take patients anymore because the word patient means he who suffers and endures misfortune. I only take students. And so we put together okay. community classes for people to come in and learn how to do this stuff. We don't want you dependent on anyone. We want you knowing that you have the capability to be your own healer. And that's, that's wonderful. Every yes, sir, that's where I'm at. Well, okay. thank you, Noel. I really appreciate you calling, brother. Always great to hear from you. Um, we have a thank you. PRN legend on the line. We don't have any time here, brother David. So I'm really sorry you're you're calling right at the end of the program. But can you give us right, uh, one you. minute of wisdom from you, please, brother? Uh, well, uh, it's very important to get information. Many of us were forced to take the so-called vaccine, so. Uh, I think it's important if we can get as much information about how, in spite of taking the vaccine, we can get some help and not being killed by the vaccine. That's true. <laughs> yeah, for that, I would, again, encourage everybody listening in. Artist Cellular Healing is the course that I've been developing to work directly with people who are injured or in a state of recovery from um, the shots and also people who want to learn how to work with people who are in recovery from the shots. Uh, so we, we do both. And we are experiential education school where you learn by doing. Uh, so you get firsthand feel for what, uh, what we're sharing with you. And that course is really exciting. Uh, it starts again in February. Uh, go to energetichealthinstitute.org and look up our certification programs. You'll see Art of Cellular Healing. 
and that's the best way to come in and work with me. Thank you, Brother David, for calling. I really thank appreciate you. that. And, uh, folks, we're running out of time. I want to thank you, Dr. Ely. You've been uh, everything I expected, totally inspiring, totally amazing. Can't wait to talk with you again. And please, you know, keep me in the loop. Whatever you're doing, I'll do anything I can do to move the ball down the field. Um, I'm, you know, I'm team humanity here. So anything I can do to help, count me in. Uh, we appreciate that, brother. We'll make sure you're set up, certainly at the very least, as an affiliate with uh, the school and with uh, uh, Healing for the Ages. We can work on that this month. That's but excellent. I would love to come back and talk with how to get bioweapons out of the water, because that's the primary right, delivery Right, and I wish we had time for that today, but mm -hmm. we're definitely going to get into that very important discussion. Everyone, please support this show. Go to JeremiahHosea.com, buy a song for a buck. Please subscribe to my Substack. Um, yeah, I'm writing some good articles, I think. Give me some feedback. Click like. Help make this show more visible so we can get the word out and we can fight for team humanity at a faster rate, at a more aggressive clip because, uh, yeah, this fight is on. And, um, you know, like Howard Zinn said, you can't be neutral on a moving train. I also recommend, guys, get on Twitter. I know social media is like, you know, it's nonsense, but you can actually be involved in some productive stuff on Twitter. I would say that, like become an ally of this program. Go like all the guests of this program, be, be their friend, and um, <clears throat> you can actually uh, meet people and get involved with productive groups on that uh, platform. So we're done here. Happy New Year to everybody. And, um, yeah, peace and love. Thank you so much, Dr. Henry Ely. We will talk to you soon.